So how about a little news, notes, and recruiting update for your weekend? You are locked. You are locked on Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, I always like to remind everyone we are free and we appreciate your support. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so yet, you have a chance to become a subscriber for free. Hit that red subscribe button. It would mean a whole heck of a lot. And if you are enjoying the show, you'll like the episodes, hit that like button. That also Sends a whole lot of appreciation this way. By the way, this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel Locked. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash Locked On today to get started. Look, I was hoping it would never come to this um, because he's literally one of my favorite Trojans. But JJ3, John Jackson III, has finally decided to enter the transfer portal. And it's literally just one week and a couple days uh, before the start of spring camp is scheduled to begin. Now, truth be told, uh, this move probably should have happened before last season. Um, Which is uh, ironic because... Uh, Caleb Williams and JJ, uh, they're always hanging out together. I mean, I've heard they're like BFFs, really good friends, uh, always around campus uh, whenever I see them. Uh, so I don't know. It feels a little awkward that this is happening. But here's the deal. Um, whenever I've watched practice, and definitely before Lincoln Riley shut it down, uh, all JJ3 did was catch everything thrown his way. And he's also a really willing blocker. Uh, but he also, he doesn't really do anything that makes you go, okay, let's let's get the ball in his hands. Uh, he, uh, he's what I guess what many would call uh, a possession receiver. Uh, a move the sticks type of guy when you need that catch over the middle. Just that real tough guy catch. That's, you know, I, I guess that would be the best way to characterize uh, John's John's game. And look, I'm just bummed uh, because that his, his father, uh, he's John Jackson, who is a uh, great legacy, one of the best receivers to ever put on the Cardinal Gold. Well, number one, uh, he'll, he's never going to get a chance to see his son catch a touchdown wearing the Cardinal and Gold. And, you know, part of that reason is he never got much of an opportunity uh, for the reasons I mentioned just a moment ago. So, uh, again, another wide receiver. I, you know, I, I kind of hinted that this was going to happen. I was, was again, I was hoping it wasn't going to be JJ, but we knew that, you know, that room, the amount of talent in there, uh, if you have zero to minimal opportunity to see the field and you're getting on in your career and you just want to get some reps you want to play you know 
the grass might be greener elsewhere. And John's going to have his degree. I mean, he's already got, he might even have his master's by now. Um, I have, don't worry about John Jackson. He's going to be very successful, whatever he does in his life. Just comes from a great family too. Uh, and I, I can't wait to see his dad and uh, back in the press box. Or if he's going to be at spring practice, say hello to him. Moving forward. Uh, now, look, if this is true, um, wow. I think I might have mentioned this before, but I was talking with someone recently who said that Thule, Tuia Pelotu, allegedly turned down $3.2 million to stay at USC. But it wasn't his choice. I'm not sure the particulars, but basically uh, someone in his family said, you're going to the NFL. End of story. So let's just remember that uh, there's no salary cap in college, but there is one in the NFL. And I don't know if uh, Tuli's going to be making $3.2 million his first year. You know, I know he's not going to get that kind of signing bonus. Now, I'm sure he's going to be making some good money. If Maybe he slips into the first round late. Most project him second round, which is still going to be really good money. So it's not like Tuli's going to be, you know, eating Cheerios and bologna sandwiches uh, when he gets to the NFL. Those days are behind him uh, at USC. But again, if true, that kind of shows you what USC is willing to do for players who have earned it on the field. There are NIL opportunities there where they'll put together some, you know, compensation packages. Uh, and you, know, you have to make a decision. How about a couple of recruiting notes to take you into the weekend? Nobody wants those. Everybody wants recruiting information. So uh, late Thursday, Scott Schrader over at WeRSC.com reported that although USC might have been late, in fact, maybe one of the last Pac-12 schools to offer um, what on three calls a consensus four-star uh, offensive lineman, Isaiah Garcia. He's out of the state of Utah. With that said, um, the offer was still a big one for the young man when Josh Henson gave him the news back on February 1st. Well, on Thursday the 23rd of February, Garcia announced that he has plans uh, to take several unofficial visits in April. And he plays at Cypress uh, Cypr High School in, um, where is that? Magna, Magna, Utah. Okay. Uh, the offensive lineman is, he's going to be visiting Washington on March 31st. UCLA, April 6th, USC, April 8th, and Oregon, April 15th. The six foot five, 275 pound recruit apparently has 19 offers. So we, uh, we know he's a highly coveted, regardless of his star ranking. And according to the on three recruiting prediction machine, their RPM, Utah has a very slim lead. Uh, for his commitment over USC at 28.3% to USC's 24.8%. We'll see where that goes. 
it's real early in the recruiting process. Here's a little bit more, uh, something that USC fans are really focused on, a little bit higher up on the food chain, no offense to Mr. Garcia, but 2024 quarterback Dylan Rayola, <coughs> excuse me, he um, he's dropped Georgia from his, apparently he was scheduled to take a visit to Georgia and he, uh, he dropped it. Which, if he's not going to be taking this trip, and if it's true, um, it looks like this might be a two-team competition for his services. And he's the number one player in 2024 in the recruiting class. Not just the quarterback. He's considered the number one player. So, um, again, there was some social media traffic talking about this. And then did a little research and it found out it is true. Um, so I guess this is what it comes down to. In one corner, you have Lincoln Riley and USC. In the other corner, you have the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, he is also a son of a legacy uh, who played there. So is it going to be, uh, you know, USC and Nebraska are going to be members of the pack of the big conference in 2024 where's he gonna go again star rankings aside um there's little doubt who is considered the number one player quarterback in the class of 2024 so you know if you're one of the top quarterbacks in the country and you have a you know NFL aspirations. And even though you've got, you know, an NFL pedigree in your blood veins, who would you rather prepare you to play the position of quarterback? Lincoln Riley, who, you know, basically, you know, Kings Heisman's every other year. Or Matt Rule, who I love as a college head coach. In fact, before Lincoln Riley's name ever surfaced for USC, I wanted him as a replacement for uh, Clay Helton. But there was a little chink in Matt Rule's armor when he was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers because he completely mangled his quarterback competition. He had some good talent there, and he just kind of, I'm not sure he knew what to do with it. So I'm sure that'll be part of the uh, discussions when Dylan comes back to campus. He's been at USC many times before. Well, I shouldn't say many. I know he's been there a couple of times. Uh, I spotted him there uh, last year. I took a picture with him and Mark Sanchez. Regardless, um, I have a photo of him and Mark Sanchez meeting uh, near the McKissing. And just uh, one last thing on some recruiting information before we move on. I'm hearing there could be some high-profile visits uh, for USC spring practice. First USC spring practice. Like there could be four or five big time names. I'm wondering if one of those is going to be a defensive player who is strongly rumored to be flipping and flipping to USC. Uh, all I'll say is he's a he's from a big time program 
in USC's backyard. And it's a position that USC could probably use some depth and some good quality high school recruits. Remember, Taka Curtis was the only one they brought in in their 2023 class. We'll find out about that soon enough. That that announcement's going to come real soon in April. Maybe even before then. Uh, what else? Now, I know I didn't give a whole lot of, you know, nugget there, but, you know, it's still early in the recruiting process for 2024. And once USC gets her quarterback to commit, that's when recruiting really takes off. That's when the class really starts to come together. You get those text groups chatting back and forth with each other, encouraging each other to come be a part of the something big. We're going to build the championship together. You know, you know how it goes. So again, nothing really, there's not a whole lot to get overly excited about, but spring camp is right around the corner. So there is some intrigue there. And uh, we're going to talk more about the intrigue list, but first we're going to talk about FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. We're here. So now, you know, if you've been thinking about it, this is probably the perfect time for you to download FanDuel. They are America's number one sportsbook. And because you're a new customer, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So all you got to do is just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's really, it's super easy to use. Then you can literally bet on everything from the money line to the point scores, three points drained. If you're a prop bet guy like I am, you're going to love those. And with FanDuel, it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com forward slash Locked on. That's fanduel.com forward slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Once again, thank you for making this show Locked on USC your first listen every day. Please go check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. They have everything you need to know about college basketball. You're going to get it from, you find it in one place. You're going to get it from big name experts, insiders, coaches, players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of college basketball, one quick note, please. You can handle it. USC went on the road Thursday. They defeated Colorado 84 to 65. That is their fourth consecutive 21 season. This has all happened under Andy Enfield. This is for the first time ever in USC's program history. 20 wins. They're on their way to the NCAA tournament. They take on Utah Saturday night. They end the regular season at home next weekend against Arizona Thursday and then ASU Saturday. Get your butts to Galen Center. That's just a little bit of a rant right there. All right. Intrigue time. We're going to get back to this. The list is starting to hit on some of the names I think everyone 
is wants to see on the field. The We Are a C committee voted, myself included. Number nine, Damani Jackson. So Damani was USC's probably his he was the top ranked prospect in their 2022 recruiting class. The biggest profile name. Uh, and he was actually on pace to be the starter at one of the quarterback spots last year. But, you know, the end of his career at modern day and since he's been at USC, he's been having these nagging injuries that always set him back. And it's, it's basically, it's prevented him from making an impact so far. Uh, last season, he was limited to uh, essentially seven games and, in none, in any one of them, he never saw more than 25 snaps. He finished the year with two tackles and one PBU. That's a pass breakup. So most of his work uh, was done on special teams. Now, what makes him so intriguing? If you pay attention to the practice reports, uh, Damani was known as like Mr. Practice. Uh, his teammates, his coaches... Everyone loved him when they when they were asked about, hey, how's Damani coming along? Can't wait to see him on the field. Look, I'm not denying any of that's true, but you know, what are they gonna say when the camera's on and the microphone is turned on? Oh yeah, you know, he's he's struggling. He's, I don't know what he's gonna be. It's the typical, you know, coach speak, teammate speak type of stuff. So um I'm on record that he's gonna start this season as long as he remains healthy because you you really you can't teach six foot one 200 pound physical freak of nature that's what he brings to the table uh, and he's not stiff he's really fluid i mean really flexible twitchy and he's got written nfl just literally written all over him so again just stay healthy stay on the field and he is he has the ability to be a shutdown corner and with Makai Blackman off to the NFL, uh, we know that USC has already brought in four-year veteran Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona. So is Damani going to be able to hold off last year's starter, Sia Wright? Uh, Jacoby Covington came on and became the starter at the end of the year, taking over for Sia Wright. So as you can see, this is why the WeRC list has Jacoby. Hello, Damani at number nine on the intrigue list. Now is really his time. My number nine guy is Cortland Ford. So I know he already came off uh, the, the WeRC.com list. He, I think he was number 19. So they didn't have a lot of intrigue. I have a lot of intrigue with the starting left tackle spot. A lot of intrigue. Last year, Cortland was, he started the first snap at left tackle, first game of the year. And he also took the last snap at left tackle in the Cotton Bowl. In between those games, um, he was injured. And then I, you know, I'm just a straight shooter. For a lack of better way of saying it, uh, when he was, healthy, he was benched in favor of Mason Murphy, who came in a year after Cortland. 
so far in this 2023 transfer portal, um, they've brought in two guys who play tackle. Last year, they brought in Bobby Haskins, who could also play offensive tackle. Bobby's moved on. Uh, of the two guys, USC brought in, actually brought in three offensive linemen, two of them specifically for the tackle positions, left and right. One of them is looking at that left tackle spot because Jared Kingston is this guy. He can play tackle. He can also play inside a guard. But, you know, most anticipate those two, the two inside positions, those are locked up. Kingston is bringing with him from Washington State 30 games of experience and 26 straight starts under his belt. Although he did suffer a uh, season-ending leg injury against Stanford last year. But prior to that, he hadn't allowed a sack in 398 pass-blocking snaps. So, if you're into the analytics and you watch him on film, Court, um, Jared Kingston say, this is what I got. Cortland Ford can say, well, you know what? I've been the starter at USC for a couple of years now. And I know I can get the job done. I earned it last year. I'm going to earn it again now. But now the competition has really stepped up. It's not just uh, one transfer. You got Mason Murphy, who was pushing for playing time last year. So Cortland needs to lock down his spot. He needs to take the guesswork away from Josh Henson, his position coach as well as Lincoln Riley, who says, you know, if you make it 50-50, sometimes we're going to guess right, sometimes we're, we're going to guess wrong. So, you know, how is Ford going to respond to this? Again, last year he got challenged by a, by a portal transfer. It looks like it's happening again. What kind of shape is he going to be in? I know there were some questions about his weight fluctuating up and down last year. Um, that might not necessarily be a result of him having some bad habits. I'm just going to leave that there. Hopefully everybody's on the same page, including uh, the coaching staff as well as the strength and conditioning staff. So um, there it is. That's my guy at number nine, Cortland Ford. All right, Friday episode, Locked on USC. What does that mean? We are, I'm going to try and make this something I do every Friday. Last segment, Friday rant. Just kind of get something off my chest. Whatever's grinding my gears at the moment. I'm going to say that there are some things that are better left unsaid. So the other day, Caleb Williams, he let it be known that his preferred landing spot uh, when he's drafted number one overall, which I think everybody anticipates, and he didn't say this, but um, what he did say was that his preferred uh, team that he would like to play for would be the Miami Dolphins. Okay. I mean, you're talking South Beach, nice ocean breeze, beautiful scenery, if you catch my drift. Uh, the nightlife, oh, no state income tax for those people who are really wealthy. 
So what's not to like about Miami, right? And hey, when you're the when you're considered the number one overall draft pick to be, and the next superstar franchise quarterback, I guess you know you are allowed certain latitudes. Um, because he said, "quote That's probably my number one spot," citing the opportunity to play with you know Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Mike Jacecki. Here's here's the thing. Caleb made those comments while doing an interview with People Magazine. I had no idea People Magazine still even existed. And to be fair, he did mention he would be more than happy to play for other franchises as well. <clears throat> Look, I'm, I'm trying to pull myself across this new paradigm line in the sand I'm, adapt, I'm adapting to the changing times, both in college and professional sports. Some of it I, I agree with. Some of it I just kind of shake my head and go, wow, really? Kind of like, you know, watching you know, NBA players demanding trades uh, on social media and then getting into a debate about it online, on social media with the league commissioner. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of a new twist. Um, and don't even get me started on seeing high school and college players earning more than some top tier coaches. I mean, to say that hasn't been eye opening. I trust me, it's been really eye opening. Think about how much Caleb. If you consider how much Caleb Williams is worth right now, outside of Lincoln Riley, he makes more than any step coach on that staff. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. One of the things I am not a proponent of is employees telling their employer uh, where they want to work, how they want to work, where they want to work, when, all those types of things. And this brings up Eli Manning. Remember him? Hall of Famer to be. Won a couple of Super Bowls with the New York Giants. Part of that family. The Manning family. Well, when the 2024 draft arrived, it will have been 20 years uh, since Eli Manning used his, he described it as his pull, when he demanded a trade before he even took his first rookie camp snap with the LA, well, then it would have been the San Diego Chargers. He did not want to be a part of that organization, and he made it known publicly. Now, a couple of years ago, you know, he's retired. Um, he's working for ESPN, you know, just living the life of Riley. He's earned it. I don't begrudge the guy, but just, a, you know, a little reminder that, you know, Eli kind of took it a step further than what Caleb did. You know, Caleb's just saying, hey, you know what, this is where I'd like to go. I, I don't think Caleb would pull an Eli. Uh, I haven't seen anything to, to to lead me to believe that he would do something like that. Now, again, Eli did explain why after he retired. Um, he said, you know, and I'm sure in hindsight, he, he can say, look, I made the right decision. But, you know, he still, he deflected the, the all that negative criticism. 
And at that point, you know, I'm still thinking, well, you know what? You took advantage of your situation. So if players are going to take advantage of their situation, what's to stop the organizations from doing the same thing? So if Miami knows, all right, hey, we've got a chance to get Kayla Williams. Well, let's be competitive, but let's not really be competitive. Let's try and get that number one overall draft pick. That's not a good precedent. We know the leagues don't like that type of stuff to happen. So anyways, look, I'm not mad at Caleb. It's not really a a huge rant where I just am seething. Um, no. I'm just saying that Look, just when you're the best at what you do, you do get some extra pull. You do have some extra latitude. You know, like after you're drafted, you might suggest to your, you know, your coaches, hey, let's run some of these plays. This is what I'm really good at. Or, you know, yeah, you know what? This might be the best time to set up my workouts. Stuff like that. You, you might be able to get away with that. However, as a rookie, you don't have the right to tell anybody where you want to play. I don't even think you have the right to do that if you're under contract and you're not a rookie, but that's another story. So I would pre prefer he, you know, kind of kept his mind on the task at hand, which is winning games at USC, focusing on getting USC into the playoffs, winning a championship, focus on your personal goals, People Magazine aside, because this is going to be Cable's biggest challenge going forward in this year. You know, living in Los Angeles, you know, everyone's going to want to talk to Caleb. Is that young man going to be able to stay focused and not allow the distractions to overwhelm him? So far, he, like I said, he's given me zero reason to think otherwise. But now he's a Heisman winner in Los Angeles. I've seen this movie before. Um, and with this, with the unlimited NIL opportunities and the NFL on, on his horizon, again, he's going to have a lot on his plate. And everything he says is going to get dissected and scrutinized like I'm doing right now. So I just think it would be best if we dial things back a little bit. Not Caleb per se, just in general. Players being so outspoken you know, thinking what they are, they are deserved rather than what they have earned. And you know what? Let the employers do what they do best and employees, you do what you're paid to do. You'll get an opportunity to choose what you want to do, when you want to do it. But you got to earn that right. So end of the Friday rant. And that's also another end to this episode. Another end of the week. But once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Don't forget to check out Locked on College Basketball. Make them your second listen. Then head on over to wersc.com. We've got a lot of stuff coming up for you, a lot of good content. Locked on USC will be back again next week with another five episodes. Can't wait to talk to you. Hope you're enjoying it. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.